Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Week 9 of the NFL season is now over and there's plenty to talk about. This is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast and I am your host Sam Moores. And joining me to pick through all the games it we saw in Week 9 is Andy Davis, NFL writer for Give Me Sport and, a, and host of the Across the Pod as well as many other things as well. He's been on the podcast before. Welcome mate, it's good to have you on again. Um, how, how are you doing? I'm good mate, I'm good. I was just telling you off camera that, um, well first of all thank you for having me on. Um, but yeah, just been overcoming somewhat of a... I wouldn't say it was a flu, but it was sort of like a really extreme like, sort of cough and, and cold and stuff like that. So, you know, um, I had, had to resort to watching watching sport all day. So it wasn't you know, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. But, um, yeah, it would be nice to have been you know, fully healthy for it. But, um, yeah, fully back to speed now and, ho- and hopefully doesn't come back for at least another year. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice. I mean... I've been battling for illness a lot, a lot of this uh, this year as well. I think I was, I got, I got an illness. I was ill for like three or four weeks. So I think I did about eight or nine podcasts with a cold, and it was just a nightmare trying to do that. So I know, yeah, I know, you, I, I know you're feeling. I had the same issue last week. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 rough. Um, but anyway, there's only one place to start, mate, and that's in Germany, where Kansas City head into the bye of the number one seed in the AFC after holding, uh, holding on to beat the Dolphins in Frankfurt. Uh, the Chiefs are twenty-one up. Um, twenty-one nothing up in this one just after half time. Uh, so just before half time, when Brian Cook returned to Tyreek Hill fumble for a touchdown, it's a cool play. He got a lateral from Mike Edwards, and and like Dion Dion Sanders, he uh he high knees his way into the end zone. Miami came back into this one in the second half and had a chance to tie the game at the end, but a communication between Tua and Cedric Wilson, followed by yet another dodgy snap from Connor Williams, ended a very promising drive, and the Chiefs were victorious. Um. Yeah, Andy, a, th- a thrilling end to this game. Um, as a Dolphins fan, I'm, I'm sure you're gutted. Um, but what were your initial thoughts watching this one? Yeah, it was gutting. And it's that narrative again about not beating a team with a winning record. We haven't done so since week three in 2022, that Bills game. Uh, it is worrying for me. I think there's definitely some positive take from this. I think that shot defence. Our defence was, was by far the, the, the play of the game. Um, but I do... Again, worry about the big games, the fact that we have played, you know, the Bills, the Eagles and Chiefs. And, you know, the Bills game, we got absolutely humbled. The Eagles game, we play our best to the three. But then the Chiefs game, we, we saw some uh, positives towards, you know, a team that can compete. I think you look at the way we came back. Uh, but there's no doubt about it. This Chiefs team, they, what's, what's what I going to use? They basically, they calmed down. They basically just, if they were seven points up they probably would have done a lot more that second half but I think they just basically just let their guard down because they were so far up in the game and I do feel like you know it could have been even worse at one point in this game and ultimately you know that Tyree kill fumble ultimately cost us the game well cost us at least an overtime spot um but yeah it's I think again about it's it's I, I gotta say it it's two in these big games I know we did the big touch to t- touchdown throw to uh, Cedric Wilson but Apart from that, there was a lot of problems in this game, and I think that was one he'll not want to look back on fondly. 
uh, particularly the end. I think that, you know, you get in that good position, you get to third down, fourth down, even, even that, that Pacific first down, second down, we lost so many yards earlier uh, with two big two big plays from the Chiefs defence and then ultimately gets, to, gets to that fourth. Well, the third down was probably the worst of the one that underthrowed Cedric Wilson and then obviously the fourth down, we all know what happened there. Not sure whether it's him or Connor Williams, but you know, it wasn't good. And I think that we had that all I had that thought of mind about the fact that they had Is Mahomes still got the flu and the fact they came in so late in the week compared to us, but ultimately didn't matter. I thought the Chiefs straight away, that first drive straight away, they looked on it, they looked sharp, and I think that set the tone for the rest of the game. And I was surprised we didn't try and go for the ball first rather than defer it, because I think it'd be nice to have tried to get an early early lead, established a run, and I think that, you know, I do feel that maybe we could have Potentially done that, got a seven nil lead, and then rather than going seven nil down, fourteen nil down, trying to maybe try and pass too much after that. Um, so maybe that was one thing I would maybe have done. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's no shame losing to the Chiefs. I mean, they're super offers for a reason. Yeah, and I think you know the Chiefs were excellent all game, and that, that's that's my main takeaway from this one. I'm I'm not too worried about the Dolphins. You know, the, the Chiefs responded to their loss in Denver last week. Um, I've been praising this defense all season. You know, it's, it impressed me again on Sunday. I think it they they completely shut down in the first half. Anyway, the league's best offense, one of the league's best run games as well, forcing them to pass the football. Um, yeah, in the first half, the Chiefs and I'm I I said it on the podcast beforehand on Friday. I that I think the Chiefs' defense may be the best defense in the entire NFL. It's certainly up there. Um, they uh, it, they they were great on offense as well. Um, they found a run game and were finding success in the air without relying on Travis Kelsey. Um, but for the Dolphins, they've, they've taken a lot of stick in the media after this loss, and rightly so. Uh, they haven't been a team with a win, winning record all year, as you said, Andy. Uh, but I feel like, just do not count this team out. I still think they're contenders. Uh, they're yet to play a complete game of football this year, I think, which is scary because there's always been something missing in these Dolphins' losses, whether it's the defence has not been good enough or the offence has not been good enough. Yeah, and the wins as well. To be fair, they've played great offensive games, but the defense hasn't been there. And then now they've got everything back on defense. It's showed in this game that they can really, they can really be a scary team because they they completely took away Travis Kelsey and they got to Mahomes as well. They got you know this team, they've been able to produce sacks, um, which there was just wasn't a factor at all last year, um, and. You know, and they've got a very good offensive line, Kansas City as well. I come away from this one more impressed than I thought. You know, with the Dolphins losing a game because I feel like something is there. They're just they're cl- they're close to winning a game like that. They did it against Buffalo and Baltimore early in last year. Um, that you know that's often forgotten. Um, you know, getting Devon Achain back after the bye will be huge. Uh, Jalen Waddle get healthier. The offensive line getting an extra week to get healthier as well. I just you know I just feel don't count this Dolphins team out because. Um, the you know now their defense is down. Now everyone's healthy on defense. Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey had a great game at the week uh, on Sunday. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not too disheartened. And ultimately, as well, it, this game wasn't on tour. I think personally, it was on Tyreek Hill because he had two drops and he had that fumble. You know, if those plays were made, then it'd be it'd be a completely different story, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I think you look at that the timing of that, particularly the first drop where I think it was. We were either seven points down or fourteen points down at that point. I think it was seven nil at that point. Where you think about the speed he's got, and we've seen plays like this before, where you think he'd at least got 
point to the red zone, if not into the end zone, if he had caught that. And I think, you know, and I think you look at the other ones. And of course, the, there's always that thing about, you know, when he gets to that point in the game, do you just take the take the 7-14 point loss and just try and get back second half? Especially if you had the ball second half, there's that thing of, could we have just gone for the run and just, you know, um, or even just been a little bit more conservative. But at the same time, kind of play we were drawing the, the screen pass to Tyree Kill. I think we were sort of going for it. I think we were, didn't want to go too too deep with the passes. But obviously, yeah, and that, that is almost like a freak play because um, when do you ever see Tyree Kill drop these kind of situations? And also, from that, where we were, where we were on the pitch, um, how often do you see that, first of all, lateral, but also actually get the end zone? So I think... It's a bit lucky for him because that was almost like a almost like a bit of a freak play because we never really see that kind of play happen too often in, in the NFL. Um, but again, it's I think we can't really blame too too much or blame Tyreek because overall course of the season they've both been brilliant. So it's mm. and also I've you know, I've been a big critic of this team, big games, but you don't win two bowls in November, you don't lose playoff games in November. We've still got what week ten coming up to now, so we've still got nine. Eight nine games left. We've got a bye week to come come back to. I think if we can beat the Jets when we come back from the bye week uh, after the Raiders game, I, I do think that's probably playoff confirmed. And I think that it's good to learn from this now. We'll, we'll, we'll remember the Buccaneers lost the Saints twice in the regular season, beat them in the playoffs, won a Super Bowl. Year mm-hmm. later, and also they lost the Chiefs in the in the regular season and beat them in, in the Super Bowl. And I think that whilst you know we haven't beaten the team since week three who's got winning record. I think at the same time, as long as we get to the playoffs and have a good seed, I think we're, we're a team that we can beat anyone on our day. If you've got Tyree Kill on, let's not get... Waddle wasn't playing the whole game pretty much. It wasn't really himself. So if you've got them two back and you've got Howard and Ramsey, and everyone's back healthy, albeit everyone has to be fit to be the first to do well. But I think, again, we haven't lost the playoff game. We've just lost the regular season game. So I think if we can get to the playoffs and we play the Chiefs again or we play the Bills again, or hopefully play the Eagles again if you get that far in the playoffs. I think we will learn from these games. And I think that will only help us coming into these games in the wild card in the division round. And of course, we don't know by then, there might be injuries to the Chiefs, might be injuries to the Bills. So you never know. So I think we've got to have faith, but we've got to at some point beat this. Because that's going to be the narrative. If you get to the postseason and haven't beaten the regular season team, that's going to be the entire talking point the entire week with building up to the game. So we yeah. have to address it soon. But at the same time, it's only one loss. It's a regular season loss. We hopefully will learn from that and hopefully that will be um, help us going forward. Yeah, obviously massive win for the Chiefs as well. They've really got the advantage now in the AFC. They, to me, they look like maybe the Ravens as well. They're the two clear best teams in the AFC. And then you've got the, the Bengals and the Dolphins, I'd say, behind them. Um, with this question marks about both those teams, but they have put together outstanding games. Um Mark, you, I think you nailed it on the head there just to finish as well. I think it'll be a learning experience for the Dolphins more than the Chiefs because the Chiefs win these They've won these games for years. They don't think they'll take away any um, anything from this game. They know how to win these games. They, you know, they, again, they've been doing it for five years with Mahomes. The Dolphins, on the other hand, the way they adjusted in that second half, that another reason why that gives me encouragement because the, you know, they they ran they made the adjustments in the run game. The defense of Fanjo stepped up completely in the second half as well. And that that's all you want to you, As long as you've got good coaching, you feel like eventually you'll learn from your mistakes towards the end of the season, as you were saying. So that's uh, that's that's a, a good sign um, for Miami. But look, 
they uh both teams go into a buy now and I think both need a buy as well because uh <laughs> it feels like the uh the Chiefs and the Dolphins are a bit up and down every week and uh but they're, they're both uh, they're both firmly in the AFC playoff picture at the minute. Um we'll move, we'll move over to two of the NFC teams, two NFC East teams. Um isn't uh, this game was mental. The Eagles beating the Cowboys 28 to 23. And if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm gutted because this is the best they've looked in a big game in ages. And they lose like that. There were a few unfortunate calls, you know, inches away, you'd probably say, from winning this game at points. Um, you know, most notably when they needed a TD to win the game rather than a field goal to tie it uh, on the final drive of the game off the deck, just stepped out of bounds on a two point conversion run. Um, yeah, a Josh Sweat, a Josh, Josh Sweat sack just. Uh, disrupted uh, momentum on the final drive for the Cowboys and gave the Eagles the win ultimately with the game ending of a CD Lamb catch a few yards short of the end zone. Uh, but I came away very impressed from uh, by Dallas, especially by their offense. I think Dak has been much better this year and he's been thrown to, you know, guys like Jake Ferguson all year. You know, he's still you still get they still yet to get anything out of the likes of Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup on this Cowboys offense. Um but the Eagles just look unstoppable, don't they, Andy? I'd argue that since they lost to the Jets, they've probably been the best team in football. I'd agree. I'd agree. And I think that especially when we've seen the 49ers in their last three games lose them all when there's been lots of talk about them and the injuries have been a thing for them. But I think for the Eagles, I think they are probably if look for pound for pound on a roster, I think there's no one better than the Eagles pound for pound because, you know, I don't think Hertz has been quite the same. And I think he's taken a little bit of a of a downturn. But I think you look at AJ Brown, probably for me right now, uh, if we're taking with Justin Jefferson, who's injured, probably the second best receiver in the league. And he's probably been the most informed receiver since that loss of Jeff. He's been excellent. Some of the catches he made. And then I watched him play in Washington. I saw one of his catches right in front of me and it was just... One of the best I've seen in person, but yeah, look that at that. I look at the run game as well. You got obviously Swift has been brilliant since he came in, but the defense is for me is frightening. And you think that looking at the game loading into Cowboys, I mean, it's you know that defensive line is just scary. I mean, Jalen Carter getting him in with ninth overall, you know, it, it's just it's frightening that they managed to get him at the position they did. And look at you know the likes of Josh Sweat getting involved, Hassan Reddick, who I love, Brandon Graham got one and a half sacks. The defense was brilliant in this game, and you know I think that's gonna. I think if they're gonna make it, make it again, I think that's taken over the line. I think that defense is. You know, I think the 49ers on their day had the best defense, but I think the Eagles might have a better one maybe uh, on their day. Um, you know, it, it's frightening just how good, how good they are compared to the rest of the league. They were eight and one right now. Um, I, I see flaws though. I think Jalen Hurts has had has not his best year, but you know. The Eagles' defense just just showed Cowboys how it's done. I mean, Dak Prescott, you said I think that was his best game in a while. Uh, I think best game of the year, maybe even best game of the last two years. Uh, I thought he was really good, and some of those he was making was methodical. It looked like the old Dak to me. It looked like the old Dak mm. before the injury. Maybe not the Dak that was throwing up like numbers, crazy numbers, but it certainly was. That was Dak Prescott we saw probably when he first came through, and that and that Dak Prescott that we all know and love. Um, but that we don't we don't always see in the NFL. But when when he's on his, when he's on his game, he's he's really good. And uh, I thought I was really impressed. Um, now I'm I think Tony Pollard. I, I don't know what's happening with him. I don't know whether he's adjusting well enough to be the number one back. But I think that Eagles team is just it, for me. If it's not if it's not the Eagles and Niners, the only way I see it not being the Eagles Niners come the NFC title game is if they play each other. 
Uh, I think mm. they both avoid each other. I can see them both making it. Um, but I'd, at a moment, I, I'll come for I'd see them winning the NFC. I, I said the Niners for weeks and weeks. I said they were dead certain to win it. But, you know, injuries have come again for them and who knows whether they'll get back to what they were before. So, for me, the Eagles, it's just, it's just frightening. And I think that on their day, I think, you know, especially against the Chiefs, they'll look for revenge. I think they could be anyone on their day in the Super Bowl. I think gave me the Eagles to win it right now. I think that's where I'm seeing it at the moment. Yeah, if I was to pick a Super Bowl right now, I'd say the Eagles probably beat the Chiefs in, in the Super Bowl. It was pretty much last year. I think that's, that's a pretty safe bet right now. Um, yeah, going back to Dallas, I think, they needed this game because obviously the narrative for Dallas has been in big games they completely shrink a bit like the Dolphins they um we we saw in the game against the Niners earlier in the year they absolutely got absolutely torched especially for the middle of the field um the and this that's obviously obviously a defense that's been one of the best in the league this year as well um but it was nice to see them not rely on that defense in this game because that's what they a lot of their wins have come from you know they've the they the start coming into this game is they've, they've averaged like you know 0.6 defensive touchdowns a game. That's that's four or five defensive touchdowns in in this season, which is just just mental to think. You know, and it's given them a lot of wins. Um, the way this defense has played, the defense it was you know a much tougher opponent than they've had for the most this year in in this game. It played well, although I think Jane Hurts probably got one, and the Eagles' offense probably won that battle overall. And I'll get into Hurts in a minute, but the offense for Dallas they really stepped up, and that's. That's something that they've struggled with all year because they've they've invested a lot. Obviously, they've they've been banged up at the offensive line, but you know, CD Lamb's great. You um, he's always been great, and you know, you're getting that. Yeah, like you like you mentioned, I think it was probably the best game Dak's played in a, in a while, and it's probably the best he's looked since about 2018, I'd say, which is, which is huge for them because Mike McCarthy has been on the hot seat for a while for Dallas, and uh, they 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 need to play like this in every game, otherwise he may he may find himself out of. Uh, out of a job because this team is just too talented to lose every single big game like they do, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I don't personally think that McDaniel McCarthy is any sort of danger because I think what Jerry Jones likes is yes men, and I think uh, McCarthy mm. isn't gonna, you know, gonna throw any punches. You know, like the old days of you know, Jimmy Johnson was the classic example in, in Dallas when when they actually were winning titles. And I do feel like it's hard to. Them to properly fine because they are winning games. They are they're winning. They go in 10, 11, and five or six each year. Then they're, they're not. They're apart from that COVID year, they've not really had a year where under McCarthy, where they've I think only one season they've had less than ten wins or maybe nine wins. They've had a lot of times they've made the playoffs, albeit a lot of times they've underwhelmed in the playoffs. So I think me maybe Joe Jones may change the approach. He may just he may get rid of McCarthy. You I know, mean, I personally would would. If there was someone else available to get, I would absolutely go for him because I don't think McCarthy is is that good of a head coach, but I think he's good enough to avoid a firing from Jerry Jones. But the thing is, if they fire him now, I don't know who's even available. They can get, unless they could trade for someone. I mean, um, unless you know, Sean McVay has a year in TV and then they get him that way or, or something like that. I just think right now, although I don't rate him, I don't think anyone actually better is available. Um to get, I mean, mm. I think they could have, if they kept Keller Moore, they could have taken a risk on Keller Moore. I think that's what the Chargers will do after they fire Brandon Staley this year, if they fire him. So I think that with the Cowboys, it's tough because I don't know where else they would go unless they they go down the route of getting the coordinator in, let's give them a go and do it that way. But I think the team is, is pretty good. They don't want to 
maybe take the risk of doing that if the team's up. And if they were, you know, a five-win team, they could have done and taken the risk. But I think with with McCarthy, he's winning them games, and I think it's very hard to fire him unless you've got someone who, with that kind of team they've got available who can be available and take over the line. I mean, Sean Payton would have been perfect if he'd not gone to Denver, although since he's gone to Denver, not, maybe, maybe he isn't the guy to take him forward. But, hmm. um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a tough one because, yeah, he's winning them games, but I guarantee you get to the playoffs, put him up against the Eagles, Nines, or even the Lions, I don't think they beat them. I don't think they beat them, and I think they'll That's the problem. probably again get to divisional round. They, they could win a wild card game, I think, if they went up against, especially one of the NFC South teams, um, I think they'll, they'll win that. Um, and I think on their day, they could beat, you know, the likes of, uh, if it was Seattle, they could beat Seattle on their day. But um, I just think if you put them up against those two teams, especially the Eagles and Niners, I just think that um, they will ultimately probably, once again, lose in the divisional round, which is something they're probably used to in the last 10 or 15 years. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, we'll, we'll finish off with... Uh with the big game on Sunday Night Football before we'll get on to um before we'll get on to the rest of the games or which are free the rest of the games, but we'll start with this game first. Um where the Bengals are firmly back among the AFC uh, elite after a fifth straight win and a second straight outstanding game for Joe Burrow, uh, winning twenty four to eighteen against the Bills. Burrow had three hundred and forty eight yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he was PFF's highest graded passer for week nine, four big time throws and zero turnover worthy plays. He looked effortlessly for him the whole game did. Um if he carries on if he carries on like this, I'm not ruling him out of the MVP conversation. Uh, there's no clear favourite in the MVP race right now. And everyone has had their down games. His game at the start of the year, you know, he's had two of the most impressive QB wins this season. You know, out of any quarterback, and they've both come from him the last two weeks, and both of them back to back, obviously. And he's certainly gaining momentum. And the way this Bengals team are looking right now, they're looking like they're going to be scary, and they're peaking right at the, the right time. You know, it's good to go and run now, leading into the postseason, rather than at the start of the year, like the for example the Bills did. Um, but if the playoffs started today, the Bills wouldn't be in. Are you worried about the Mandy? Because yeah, right now they're the nine seed in the AFC. In the AFC, I think yeah, I think you have to worry a little bit because I've, I I want to get up now, but their schedule is pretty tough. I need to find their the like, entire AFC schedule. schedule is is it's like because you have to play everyone in the NFC East and then you have to play everyone in the AFC West as well. You, the the schedule for all the AFC East teams is is horrific. So it's 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 a tough. It's going to be tough for the Bills. They've they've got and they've got four or five games that they could they could you know you could see them losing. You know they have to win those games because right now again they are in danger of not making the playoffs. It's a big worry because I've just got it now. I mean they've got the Broncos next. That's probably a win, especially after a few days extra rest. But uh, you know look at they got the Jets and I think the Jets that defense alone can win you games. I know they lost last night, but that defense is frightening. I think they already beat them in Week One. Um, and I was with Zach Wilson playing the whole game. You know, they got the then they got the Eagles and the Chiefs in back to back games. That's going to be tough. They got the mm. Cowboys, we just mentioned, and then the Chargers, Christmas Eve, who I think on their day, I think the coaching's bad, but I think you know, if you've got Echo and Herbert and you've got Joe Bosa and you've got Derwin James, if he's healthy, it, it, it's a brilliant team. And then you've got the, the, the Patriots who did beat them earlier, and then the Dolphins week 18, which, which might be my birthday, uh, which I think will be. I still think we'll be a game that will decide who wins the AFC East, but it's, that's a tough schedule. And I think that hopefully for our sake, it might get to, it might not get to that point where we have to play him to win the AFC because 
I, I can see them losing to the Eagles. I can see them losing to the Chiefs. I can see the Cowboys beating them on their day. I can see the Chargers causing up to it. And they, you can even see the Jets beating them. So for me, the Bills is a massive worry because I've been in Buffalo very recently, uh, being with friends of mine, well, a, fr- a friend of mine um, and all his friends in the tailgate. And there's constant worry about Ken Dorsey. That's the biggest takeaway I found from both in the tailgate and then actually in the game itself, uh, being around Bills Mafia was that it's the the offensive coordinator job of of Dorsey again, which is letting down because, you know, the big takeaway is that they're not letting Josh Allen be himself, not letting him be the main runner. But looking at the stats alone from this Bengals game, he was our lead rusher, but only was 44 yards on the ground and the mm-hmm. next best James Cook was 20. And um, I, I still think personally his big strength probably is his arm strength. Um, so I, I can solve, I can see why Dawson's gone for this, this different approach because you have to think of Josh Allen long term. I think if he keeps using his legs like he has done in previous years, he's not going to be there in the next five, ten years, or at least be the Josh Allen we all know. And I think that I think there's no one with a stronger arm than Josh Allen in the league. I think Mahomes is the only one that really has a stronger arm than Allen. Um, so I think you look at that, but then you look at the Bengals, you know, Jamar Chase didn't have a great game. It was Tyler Boyd who, no, it's not Tyler, it was T. Higgins that had, had the best game with 110 yards. So they've got, if Chase isn't playing well, then you've got Tyler Boyd, you've got T. Higgins to come and do well. But with the Bills, apart from Biggs, I, I think Gabe Davis is okay, but I don't think he's anywhere near as good as Higgins or Boyd. And I think that's their worry for me is that if Josh, a bit, you know, a bit like if Tua can't find Hill or Waddle, I think that's the Bills' problem now is that if Diggs isn't, isn't in the game or he's, he's getting double covered or anything like that, I do worry about who else he's going to throw to. Kincaid has looked good, but even he had they a They used drop. him a lot in this game. Yeah. They used him a lot. He, he felt like he had about 10, 15 catches, but every time I was... I, see, I, saw, I felt like I saw him a lot. He was... Um, but yeah, like, and, you know, that's, I think that's what they brought Dalton Kincaid in for. The only problem with the Bills' offence there is the fact that Dawson Knox has been injured, so you've not been able to have both of them on the field. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's you know, if they had Kincaid and they had Knox, and, you know, they are missing a weapon for sure. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest worry because the run game just isn't working. I mean, definitely Singletary had his faults, but he was useful at times. But, you know, I, I just think that if they're going to... It's always been an it, issue, though. It's yeah. always been an issue for Buffalo. They've yeah. never had a run game, and it's been their one problem that's stopped them from, I think, probably winning a Super Bowl. Great defence, great yeah. quarterback. They've had great skill positions. They've never had a run game. They've brought in Leonard Fournette in, so maybe he can come in and, you know, you know potentially be that guy but I thought James Cook was that guy a couple of weeks ago and since then they've completely struggled the offense you know to run the ball so I don't know what's going on no I, I think there's definitely a problem there with the coordinating like I can see you can see potentially if the crowd if the crowd and the fans keep voicing their concerns about Ken Dorsey I can see potentially a change happening in the off, in the offseason because they're they're gonna want to win now because there are no doubt that you know this team is better had since the Jim Kelly era so I think they have to try and do something but if Ken Dawes is going to limit Josh Allen and use the run game more, you've got to have a good run game and it's not working. So mm-hmm. it's a question of, do you bring it back to all times? Do you do let Josh Allen just run with it? And I think you've seen more in recent weeks than going for his legs. I think maybe they'll change their approach good on that route um, because, yeah, otherwise they're going to try and use a run game. They've got to actually have players that can do it. So... You could easily see him being... Eight and eight, uh, seven and seven and eight, or nine and eight, or seven and six. It, you can't see them. I think they've had four straight years with winning uh, with double digit wins. Now, 
you could see this year potentially that not happening and we can see him maybe having a 9-8 finish. Yeah, you mentioned it there. I think it's certainly the offence that's the worry of this team because the difference between the two teams on Sunday night was Allen's interception. He... You know, he's, he's had one in the last five games. Every single game he's had five interceptions. He leads the league of nine interceptions as well. Um, the passing game is struggling. You've mentioned it there. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Ken Dorsey and how it's, you know, there's no run game to help, but they're going, they're, they're just not doing what they have done in recent years um, with, you know, the similar or the same um, players on offense. Um, you know, they're also not getting anything downfield either. He's currently on his worst big time throw percentage since 2019. He's got he's uh, he's got his career lowest average depth of target right now. Um, he's got a career high in completion percentage. They're going for more short throws, uh, and the best turnover worthy play um, percentage in his career as well by quite some margin. So he's being more conservative with the football, and yet he still needs legal interceptions, which is funny. But um, yeah, I think it's just there's something wrong with this bank with this Bills offense. They're not getting the big plays. They're not getting the you know they're not but they're not really doing anything doing anything short wise either so it's just it just that's the problem when, you know we'll see how it evolves over the next couple of weeks um for sure but that it is a big worry and uh yeah we'll see we'll, we'll see um like i said they've got some big games to test, test themselves in now and they really do need to pick it up because otherwise i am worried about this team yeah and i think we you know obviously me and you are both we're, we're not against these struggles <laughs> i think we're both quite enjoying it because is probably our best chance of having years to win a division. But I still think, obviously, they beat us by, what, 28 points. I still think if they get things right on their day, I think they can go toe-to-do with any team. But I think they have to try and fix it soon. Otherwise, this team, as it stands, if they made the playoffs, you put them against the Chiefs or the Bengals. Um, I, I do think, ultimately, that they would lose by quite a lot. And I think that really... I think the score flattered them. I think the, the game wasn't really as close as it suggests. I think the Bills were a lot worse than, than what, a seven-point game defeat. I, I think they were poor for a lot of the game. And um, I, I, I do think the Bengals, though, uh, you mentioned about the Ravens being the strongest team in the AFC right now and the Chiefs. I do think that Bengals, I think right now, I'd have them as my pick to win the AFC because like the Patriots in years gone by, they've started slowly. But they've come around and they've got the win. They're five and four right now. They may have to go down the wildcard route, but I think that the way they're going right now and the form they've been in, the way Burrow looks back to his best, I think if they can talk about the run game, I think the Bengals can be can be an AFC champion. I really do. I think they're this could I think this is their year. You know, they've still got Higgins. I think Higgins might be a casualty of the cap hit next year. So they've got the chance to have these three receivers on their side as well as obviously Burrow fully healthy, I think this Bengals team could could, could be their year to actually win it again. And I do think they probably would lose in the Super Bowl, but I think certainly if they got a chance of returning to Super Bowl uh, for a second time in three years. Yeah, I think for them, it, it's, uh, you know, it's great for them as well looking at this game because the offensive line has had it re- relatively well against not only the Bills, but also the Niners week before. Um, they're... Two of the best uh, defensive lines in the league, um, and you know they've only allowed four sacks, only allowed one to Buffalo uh, on Sunday night as well. So that's great news for the Bengals as well. And this is just to finish as well. This is the year if they are to win it, as you mentioned, this is the year to do it because Burrow's his extension now. So this is the best team they're gonna have unless Joe Burrow takes a pay cut, a pay cut in like ten years' time or something like that, or five ten years' time. This is the best thing they're gonna have. That you know this is it. They've got everything there to win a Super Bowl. You know, this would probably be their best chance of it um, without. 
without some magic from Joe Burrow or something, as we've seen from the likes of Mahomes recently. Um, this is the most low, probably one of the most loaded teams in the league. Um, and now they're back down their own form. This is the perfect opportunity to go and capture that form and, and you know challenge for the Super Bowl. But yeah, we, we we both think it's possible. Okay, Andy, let's whittle through the rest of the game, starting with uh, the Ravens winning thirty-seven to three in Seattle. You were in this one. Um, Baltimore were the best team in the AFC, I think, as I mentioned earlier. Right now, I'm probably voting Lamar for MVP. Um, you know, it's their second statement win in the past three weeks for the Ravens, and it was certainly a big statement for them, wasn't it, Andy? It is, and I think that you know, this is one of the games that we were looking forward to all week. I think obviously Sky had the bidding. It was seen as, you know, was it five and two against six and two? Seattle Seahawks, or Seahawks are a good team. That scoreline doesn't do them justice. They are a good team. So for the Ravens to beat them by that many points and to basically dominate them the whole game, I think it shows, it just adds fuel to the fire that they could actually be one of the best teams in the AFC. Now, I personally, I'd have McCaffrey for my MVP, but Lamar Jackson, I think, certainly will be one of the people nominated. Look at him. I think Tyree Kill to a. Uh, Last week's loss may affect that, but I think you look at like and um, and Lamar Jackson, probably someone like Two or Hill will get the final nod. Um, he's been great, and then I, mean, I, I watched the, the the Lions play the Ravens recently, and that's one of the best individual performances I've seen from any NFL player. Lamar Jackson was good, and he's been absolutely fantastic the last few weeks. That, that um, fumble against the Steelers, he's just been absolutely brilliant since. And he played against London, he was good then, and he's just even. From that game, just even more developed game, and I don't think the Seahawks can be too annoyed. I think it was just a case of being a mixture of not their day, but also being a bit outclassed. I think that I think Seahawks are a good team, but I don't think they're a team that you're going to think of being an NFC challenger for the to reach the Super Bowl. I think they'll be a team that probably reached the playoffs, probably lose the divisional round or the wild card round, but they're still a good team. So for the Ravens to, to do that to them, and the Lions actually, the Lions even Lions were a good team. They were five one at that point. Um, mm. For the Ravens to keep beating these beating good teams, mentioned about Miami not beating good teams. The Ravens are beating good teams and they're beating them by a lot of points. So the Ravens just look good in there. I think the run game, I think it's not a clear like RB1, but I think they're splitting the load quite well. You seem like to Gus Edwards. Uh, I've literally forgotten the guy's name. The other guy who came in uh, scored a really good touchdown. And yeah, there's off. Edwards. Edwards, yeah. Um, but yeah, wasn't it, wasn't it Gus Edwards and Mike Mike Edwards or something, something like that? They both, that's what Mike, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I've heard before. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're not having a having a run, but running, running room, running back room by committee, and I think they're using that well. Yeah, and also, in there as well. Odell Beckham obviously is getting involved now. Mark Andrews, Sean Bateman's having it's it's you know, it's um, I think. It's still like the Chiefs. They haven't got really half Andrews, many sort of uh, back and many standout sort of receiver names. They haven't got you know like a Hill or a Waddle or Jamar Chase or AJ Brown. But I think they're just being incredibly efficient right now, and that's really I think that's probably more important. They're helping them win games. Um, and I thought their defense has been brilliant. Obviously, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, Kavanoy had back-to-back plays. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's just. I, I, I said before that they're, they're never a team I sit down on red zone and look forward to watching, but they're, they are still one of the best teams in the league and they're just incredibly efficient. They just get the job done and they're, they're good in every department and I think their defence is one of the best. Um, and obviously, their offence is really good as well. So for me, the Ravens you know, showed what they're about on the weekend and I think that certainly you know, they'll be 
and let, let's say you get unlucky and he you know, have a bad day off. I, I can see him getting at least the divisional round, and I can see him. You know, I think if the Chiefs and Bengals pl- somehow play each other in the divisional round, I can see it being the Ravens that make the AFC Championship game on current form. But we've seen mm-hmm. it before. They start seasons well off, and then often, last few years have seen it, injuries happen. It all comes Lamar has to stay healthy. He has to yeah. stay healthy. That's it, the thing now. He'd get injured normally Niners. now. Yeah. That, that is a big problem. Same with the Niners. It's a big problem is keeping players healthy. So if they can keep everyone healthy, which they haven't done in the last few years, I think they're a real team to look out for. Yeah, and uh, I think with this one as well, Seattle won great. Offensively, that's another thing. Their defense, the, the Ravens' defense has been great all year. Again, I think they're a top five defense. Um, Gino Smith has not been great this season. I don't think he's um, he's not had you know anywhere near the season he had last year. He's been okay, but he's not. You know, I think there are plenty of quarterbacks who had a better season um, this year, and I think some Seattle fans are a little bit concerned right now. Uh, it was Gino Stone who intercepted Gino Smith in this one. He is someone who has had a great season. He got another interception, his sixth of the year. The Ravens' safety's fourth one. Uh, fourth game with one in a row, and um, we saw him have one in, in against the Titans in London. Um, and ultimately, I think the Ravens are just too good for the Seattle defense that has impressed recently. They ran all over him, almost three hundred yards on the ground, and uh, yeah, I think the, the final takeaway from this one is just you know the Ravens are really good, and uh, yeah, they are certainly a team to uh, to be scared of uh, going down the stretch should they stay healthy, and I think that's the that's the main issue there. Okay, we'll go over to uh, a game that was just. Bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Uh, CJ Stroud, record breaker, broke so many records of the weekend. He had four four hundred seventy yards, five touchdowns, an unbelievable performance for a rookie. Uh, you know the the Bucks completely shut down the Texans' run game. Um, in this one, meaning it was all on Stroud to beat them, racking up four hundred seventy of the team's four hundred ninety six yards, as the as the Texans won thirty nine to thirty seven. Uh, again, as I said, it was absolutely bonkers. You know, especially in the in the, uh, the fourth quarter, it was fun before the fourth quarter. But, uh, but thirty one points in the fourth quarter, four touchdowns and a field goal, um, from the Texans running back Daro Ogunbowale after Kaimi Fairbend went out of a quad injury. That was mental to see as well. He made a twenty nine yard field goal. Uh, there was a couple of fumbles were covered by by each offense in there too, um. So it could have been even more mental, um. Yeah, but it was, the Bucks thought it was one. The Bucks thought they they had won this shootout when Kade Otten went for his second touchdown with forty six seconds left, but Stroud wasn't finished. He found Tank Dell twice, including for a touchdown on a game winning drive with thirty yeah with forty six seconds left to go. Um, that was just, you know, that that. I mean, it wasn't even a two-minute draw. It was, you know, and they had no timeouts either. They had to run to the line to go and make a play off, and they got the play. They got the touchdown on the final play of the game. Um, yeah, mental stuff. I love watching both these teams play. Actually, I think I think both of are really fun to watch. Uh, I don't think either will be in the playoffs, but they they have been uh, uh, certainly entertaining this season. Um, both quarterbacks being really good as well this year. I've really really been uh, looking for sort of really been excited by what I've seen from Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, he had his own game winning drive in this one. It's just a Stroud's game winning drive came after him. Um but Stroud is so good, isn't he, Andy? He is rivaling uh, Herbert's rookie season now, certainly, isn't he? Yeah, and you know, I've t- I think before that he was my favourite quarterback um coming out of the draft apart from Stetson Bennett. Um I think <laughs> he was better than Bison and you, know, you all laughed at me but you're not laughing now, are you? Um he's been brilliant. He's been excellent. I think that have what is one interception the entire season in what eight nine games for someone who's 
as a rookie, you, you know, there's always that thing. About, he should have had a couple more. It's not like he, he's been a bit lucky that he's in one interception, but yeah, it's maybe. still a good start. Even so, <laughs> the fact that you know, a lot of rookies they struggle with their rookie year, or a lot of times they don't even if they even play, they get benched. Like you see, a lot of quarterbacks. There's always that debate about: do you start them straight away? Do you do you bench them for a quarterback and let them sit for a year? He's just come in and been good at least. Looked if you. When you see NFL, you sat down, watched CJ Stroud, you wouldn't think you think he'd been there for five, six years. The composure he has, and you know, in this kind of game where you know he was having to come back from from a deficit and having to constantly go back and forth and to keep going and to that touchdown at the end was was fantastic. And for me, I think you know you get now and again these callbacks come through that you know you. You know, straight away their stars. When Mahomes first started games the Chiefs in 2018, and you knew from week pretty much week one, week two, this guy's going to be a star. Joe Burrow, even though he got injured early on, you knew. I think it was, I think it was Browns game early on where you knew like this guy, he's a star. And and, and he was getting, he was getting like it, Joe Burrow in that season as well. He was getting rushes at him freely because that offense line was so bad. Uh, you know, under pressure, he really made made a name for himself in his rookie year for sure. So. Yeah, and I think you know, like I well, I don't think I think he is a star, but he's not. I don't think he's quite done as much recently as before. But Herbert, you know, when he first came through that mm. Chiefs game where he came through last minute, you thought then the parity's there. You know, he's he's coming last minute. Well, and I think the same thing happening with CJ Stroud. I think we're seeing a style of making. I think that enough games on the tape now to know it's not a fluke. I think Will Levis is in that camp where you know maybe that one game was a fluke, but. Every game he's been brilliant, and every game he's looked really good. And I think this is not—he's not come into a Niners team. He's not come into a team that's loaded with elite players. He's come into a team that had the second overall pick for a reason. Um, he's 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 looking really really good, and I think that you know I'm fully aware that he could, it could have been you know like RG three sort of season, but you know if he keeps us going, you can see in the next five ten years being that guy for Texas. And I think that. You know, everyone moaned about them, you know, not going for them over paper winning games and losing that chance to trade down with the Bears, but it's also a trade down with the Panthers. Um the Bears did. Um I think they've they've done well so they traded up to get with Anderson third overall, but look at right now, I think they, they knew they probably knew straight away they had the guy there, they probably knew he was going second overall in Stroud. And I think, yeah, you have to commend them for picking him because he's just looked I think unbelievable and I think they've they've got their guy. After the whole Deshaun Watson fiasco, I think they've got their new fullback, and I think he's going to be there for five, ten years. Injury, injury detracting, and I think yeah, he he looks really good, and I think that it was a brilliant game. I think Baker, you saw his game, his face when Stroud threw that fifth touchdown pass. He knew, he just knew he couldn't win the game. He just knew there's no way I'm winning this game because this guy's just been too good today. And um, yeah, got to commend. Yeah, Baker. and Baker was really good as well. That's the thing. Is, you know, Baker Mayfield had a, a you know, he probably had a top three uh, quarterback performance this weekend and he ended up losing, which is just mental, but it's just how good that was. I think that it's, look back at these performances, I think that's what people look back on in the future and know that's what, and they'll, they'll say that's what people knew he was going to be a star. And I think that's the game that they'll look back on in the future. Yeah, for sure, and I think it, it helps as well that he's in such a good situation that he's a he's in a you know San Francisco offense with Bobby Slowick being um being in San Francisco Cisco last year. Obviously, it's a very it's similar to Miami. It's a very good offense for his skill set, which has, which has certainly helped um helped him for sure. 
Right. Okay. Uh, we'll go to uh, Minnesota now. Well, Minnesota came away 31-28 winners in Atlanta, uh, where freshman trade Josh Dobbs came in after rookie Jaron Hall took a big hit and he was taken out for a concussion check. He didn't know the playbook or his teammates and he straight up balled for Minnesota to a comeback victory. Uh, it started with a fumble. He should have had an interception too. But after that, you would have thought he'd been there for a year, wouldn't you, Andy? You had your eyes on this one. What did you see from this Vikings win? What a game this was. I mean, I had a friend who is a Falcons fan, Rob. He's been on my podcast before where he was going to the first ever Falcons game in Atlanta. What a game he played. I know they lost, but what a game <laughs> to pick that was. Yeah. Um, I think that, that performance from um, Josh Jobs for me was one of the more entertaining ones of the week. I, I've never seen one with more ups and downs because you look at the fact that he wasn't starting the game, which I was surprised about. I thought he's done enough at Arizona this year to prove that and over the last few years to prove that he should start over Jaron Hall, but obviously got his chance. And there was, there was times in the game where I think he had a few fumbles. I think it was three in total we had. And, you know, he looked a bit shaky. We're thinking, oh, you know, I was, I was only thinking at one point, is did Josh Jobs look good because he's on a bad team? And maybe being on a better team, he's going to look worse. But then there was a point where he just flicked the switch and it just completely changed. And, you know, he had a wonderful day. Looking at the stats now, I mean, he had... 158 yards, uh, two touchdowns, zero picks. I mean, he was really, really good. He had that offset rushing touchdown as well. Um, and this is, this is exactly why he's been on. He, I know he's been on five teams in, in since I think since week 15 last year. But it's exactly why teams keep picking him up because he's clearly a fast learner. I know. I know. I hate mentioning it. I always mention it whenever I see him play. But have a degree in aeronautical engineering, you must be a pretty smart guy. So he's probably yeah. pretty good at information. So. The fact that he had, what, three days to learn the playbook, I think that probably was, I guess, no problem for him, really. And, <laughs> you know, he came in uh, from many teams and has had to play. I think Titans Jags last year came in on short notice and he seems to be good at that. And I think that... He's been in the Browns as well last year. So, like, yeah, it's, it's just... It's... it's. I think that he's a, he's a guy you want to root for. And I think I was really impressed with his performance. Um, I think, you know, the fact that Alexander Madison was getting involved. He was lining up in one of one coverage, and he managed to get a touchdown. Was he a touchdown, or maybe it was it was a touchdown where he was lining up as a receiver, and um, you know he had a brilliant game as well. And you know, mm. it's a team that's won what four games straight without Justin Jefferson. Um, you're seeing yeah. like some, you know, Addison game. Addison's really set with his game since Jefferson went out. Hawkinson also led the way with 69 yards in this game, and. You have to commend Vikings to be what one of four, and you lose Jefferson. I simply thought the season was over. I did even an article on it. I thought the season was done for them. I thought they may just tank and trade Kirk Cousins, and you know they may go and get Caleb Williams and do it that way. But turns out they've won games well, with Kirk Cousins and without him. So for me, I think this Vikings team. I think right now, I think they are in the playoffs right now as it stands, and I can see him. I can see him making it. I can see him doing it, and I think that. Um, I don't think they'll go on and win a Super Bowl, but I, I do think that they, they can certainly make the playoffs. I know they're in a really good enough form right now. Um, so, yeah, but I think they'll want to try and maybe win games by less than less than a few points next time around. But overall, I think yeah, the Falcons did themselves proud at times. I think that I had to question a bit why is Tyler Algie getting more rep, more snaps than um, Bijan Robinson. That's something yeah. that's concerning. I don't, and I obviously... I know he didn't play in this game, but Drake London's not been himself this year. Um, John yeah, Smith has been like the number one player on this offense, which is, you know, when you've got Carl Pitts and you've got Peter Robinson in there, when you've got Drake London in there, you're just like, what is going on? 
<laughs> it, it's making me worry about Arthur Smith as well. Like it does make me worry. Like you know, he had such a good coaching job with what he had last year, getting you know on the fringe of you know division title and play um you know playoff contention. They 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 only ruled out right at the end of the season. Um, and they had a good run game with Cordell Patterson, Taraji. They didn't need a running back, and they drafted a running back in <laughs> in the top ten, and now they're not even using him. And it, it just I you know I you know I let him off. Um. I've let him off because oh, this is year three for him. He's had uh, an aging Matt Ryan. He's had Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, who I think neither of them are NFL starting quarterbacks, if I'm being honest. Um, and now he's got he's given it to Taylor Heineke. He is he on the hot seat because you know he's not had a QB. So again, I've let him off for that. They've not had a quarterback, but the that is he's just making such strange decisions that you make. You know, you have to wonder like if if the Falcons did give him a, a quarterback to work with. What I don't know. What, what do you think about Arthur Smith? It's regressed. I, weird I, calling as well, and it's just mm, odd. Yeah, I think he could be right because I think that whilst I think Robert Sala's got the same situation in terms of no callback playing, it's sort of had issues with callback, and obviously you get Aaron Rodgers and he what goes down after four four snaps. Um, but at least he's not making decisions like Arthur Smith. I think that's why Salah will get you know. A year off, and he'll get solved. His year but also, his defense plays so hard as well. Like yeah. that team was that well is, coached. That that that's the thing. I think that's what's going to get him that sort of get out of jail free card. I think that you look at like a head coach. If you're if you're first or second year job, you get a especially if you're first time head coach, you get sort of a, a get out of jail free card because you think okay, like, I think third years when you can't really make mistakes again. And I think with Arthur Smith, I was really impressed with him after year one and two. But as you say, it's a strange decision. I mean, why are you training for why are you getting running back that's so highly thought of, so high in the draft with how the running back position is devalued in recent years? So then I, I like Algier, but to then use Algier more than Robinson, it seems crazy. And there was one game where London got, I think, zero targets. It was, it was I think there's definitely concerning things. I think that whilst I do sympathize with him in a way because he hasn't had the luxury of having, you know, a brilliant quarterback, but then Shanahan has got Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is not, he's not a Jalen Hurts. He's not a, he's not Mahomes. He's not a Josh Allen. You know, and he's making it, he's playing well with what he's got. And I think that, well, on the one hand, I I think you can blame Black quarterback. But at the same time, I've seen other head coaches make bad callbacks look okay and look serviceable. I mean, Josh Dobbs, you know, hmm. he isn't, he isn't, an elite callback by any stretch, I imagine, but he but he's made he's made it work in week in one week already in Minnesota. So I think Arthur Smith, I can see him maybe having that fourth year, but I'm not gonna be shocked and stunned if if Black Monday comes along after the finish of the regular season and he's gone. I would not be shocked any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I agree with you there. Okay, we'll go to New England now. Will they uh they they lost another game with the commanders winning twenty to seventeen. Um, they're now two, they're now two and seven, and a um an interception for the commanders defense ended a fun back and forth game. Actually, I quite like watching this one. Um, I like Sam Howell. I do. I thought the New England defense played very well yesterday, and it impressed me how good he looked against it. He was um one of the one of the best callbacks on Sunday for sure. He had one bad play that went to Carl Duggar for an interception in the end zone, but other than that, I think he was really good. Carrying on the last couple of weeks, where he has also been very very good. Um, the Patriots are done. They're like I I don't even know what I can say about them at this point. They 
probably one of the worst teams in football, other than the, maybe the Bears and the Panthers are worse, but they're certainly up there, um, and the Giants potentially as well. Um, but I can't wait to see what both teams do this off-season. That's what I'm looking forward to, because they, they both have a a, a story, you know, or, or two, uh, a big story or two with, with the way both teams are going. Obviously, Washington, new ownership, uh, trade away loads of, they've got loads of picks, now they trade away... Um, uh, and they've got the cap premium as well, new coach potentially. Uh, they've been, been rumored to go and get Bill Belichick by a trade. I don't know if you saw that, but that, that was a that was a rumor. Um, yeah, and New England as well. Like, you know, they're stuck in a situation now where they are, they have completely neglected the offensive side of the football, and because of that, they are looking horrific. Especially with losing after losing their two best defensive players in Matt Judon and Christian Gonzalez, they're just stuck in a hole and. You know, what do you think happens with this Patriots team over the next time, you know, year or, you know, because end of this season and into the next off season? And what do you think happens with Belichick? That's I think that's the main thing here because they're stuck. They are, and this is the exact result of years and years of bad recruitment, bad drafting, and now you haven't got someone like Tom Brady to gloss over those cracks. I mean, there was problems mm-hmm. even before Brady left. You know, he was they hadn't. I don't think they ever drafted a Pro Bowl receiver. I don't think they've done it for years, uh, actually drafted one. And there's been years and years of bad picks. Look at um, Nikhil Harry in recent years. Sonny Michelle, another one. He didn't really have an Michelle, impact. They're, yeah, they're, two, they're two first-round picks straight yeah. away. That didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, Michelle did obviously have the only touchdown in that Rams Super Bowl win. So he's a little bit of a, uh, like a folk hero there. But let's be honest, a bit like Jay Jai after that one season, he wasn't great after that at all. And I think that there's been years and years of these bad draft picks bad decision making and you know and but, but Tom Brady was there to make him seem okay now he's gone it, and Matt Jones I think we all know he's not Tom Brady right now <laughs> he's not Josh Dobbs on cone for me he's not playing well and now with Belichick I think that I'd be a lot more certain from getting fired if it wasn't that new contract he signed till 2027 but Kraft isn't getting any younger he's going to want to try and win now because he's probably no offence probably not got enough time to still be there for a rebuild. So, and he's obviously a very wealthy man. I can see, despite the contract, if it keeps going the way it's going, Bill Belichick, like the Raiders doing with McDaniels, I think they're just going to get rid of him. I, I can see, I think it's a bit like, you know, back in the day, that thing of Arsene Wenger at Arsenal, are they going to go with him, are they not? And there was further and further unrest for families, which really, really towards the end, affected Wenger's legacy towards the end at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I think that, the more and more these games, what they've only won two games this year, albeit surprise wins. Um, I think if they keep losing games, they go the season. You know, unless they, they, they if they keep going the season, they go two two win season. They go in three and fourteen or something like that. The fans are going to keep getting more and more uneasy. And I think that if they get Caleb Williams, I think that would be the only thing that will save them because the Patriots fans will be fully behind that. And we do not want that. We do not want Caleb Williams or even. <laughs> um, May going anywhere near that Patriots team because we didn't we don't we do not need another good quarterback in this division or in this conference. So for me, yeah, it depends if obviously the Cardinals they get um Caleb Williams or they go you know, or someone else goes to, I think if they have another year of Mac Jones or media quarterback play, it's gonna get worse and worse for him. And I think eventually there's gonna be a lot of Patriots fans who are gonna turn their heads against Belichick. And I think there's the constant talk about the fact that you know he's not been the same, he's not been same for Pippa's out Brady and his record suggests that. Um so it's worrying times for them. Uh, not that not that we're complaining. I think we've had so many years of them being the best team in the league. We're not really too happy about that. But 
you know, with the Patriots, I think they 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 won they, they beat the Bills when no one expected. But I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. I mean, you've got Chargers next, you know, or they got so they got the Giants next. That could be a win. Um, you know, they got the, the Chargers, who I think would beat them easily. Steelers, I think, approached that time of the year where Mike Tomlin becomes Mike Tomlin, and they'll probably lose that. They got the Chiefs and the Broncos. I think the Broncos have won three straight. Um, then they got the Bills and the Jets, and I think the Jets are a team that. Their defense alone can win your games. I think that will give Macklin problems. So, for me, I can see him only really winning. I can see beating the Giants, but I clearly see him beating either the Jets or Broncos, and that's it. So, I, they could easily end the season with just four wins, and that will have them probably as the worst team in the AFC, by far a top-five pick. But I don't think they'll be bad enough, to the record-wise, to get that top quarterback like Caleb Williams. I think that will go to probably Arizona. So, they're probably going to have another year of media pullback play. And I think then, what should you do there? And unless they trade up and give away a first half pick for next year and get Kayleigh Williams, other than that, I can see him getting the chop. Yeah, it's, it's a, a, win, a win situation for sure. Okay, we'll go to uh, New Orleans where they uh, the Saints came away 24-17 winners against the Bears. A weird game, this. I feel like neither team really wanted to win it <laughs> towards the end. Yeah, misfield goals, fumbles, a few punts, a turnover and downs. Um, but the Saints won a game they needed to win and they now have a foothold in the NFC South, don't they, Andy? I think they, they needed to win that and they came away with it uh, just. Yeah, I mean, this is I. This might actually be the worst ever 24-17 game in NFL history. It might <laughs> generally be the worst game because that score suggests it was a great game. But I don't think it was anything special. It was a tough watch at times. The Derek Carr, I think, looked, looked good, looked fine. He had, I think, over 200 yards. Didn't have a pick. I think two touchdowns. Taysom Hill obviously got involved as well. Um, I, I'm still I'm still not convinced by the Saints. I know that I think they'll probably go on and win the NFC South now. Um, but I'm not convinced by it. I don't see him at all. I think whoever gets him in the, in the wildcard round will cap themselves extremely lucky. I think there's no way... There's no team they beat at all in this playoffs. If they get to the playoffs, there's not a single team I can see being there that they can beat. I think that they've been incredibly up and down. And um, for me, I think that there's a talent there. You've got Alva Kamara, you've got Chris Olave. Uh, I think Taysom Hill was vastly underrated. But I just don't I just don't think they're good at all. I think they're lucky by the division they're in. I think any other division, they'd be already out of the playoffs now. And I, I, or they'd be sort of in, the, in around the bubble, maybe. But um, but for the Bears, I think Tyson Bagnet, there was a lot of, after that first game, there was a lot of hype around him. But since then, he's been absolutely terrible. I mean, two touchdowns, three hmm. picks in that game. Um, yeah, Bears are a strange team, but I mean, they, they could be a team that goes to Kenneth Williams, actually. But yeah, I think this game is really, was not one I enjoyed watching, if I'm honest. And there's one other one that I think I'll talk about later on that was even worse than this. But I hmm. did enjoy watching him. I was impressed with Marcus May, who made a great play in this game. But overall, you know, it was not one I particularly enjoyed watching on Red Zone. Yeah, it was. It wasn't great at all. Okay, and and uh, yeah, I didn't enjoy watching it either <laughs> last night. Okay, we'll go over to uh, Carolina where the Colts come away from the Frank Reich revenge game, victorious 2017, 27 to thirteen uh, winners. Um, and yeah, a bit of an ouch for not only Frank Reich but also Bryce Young. He threw two pick sixes to Kenny Moore. Um, the last one of the two was the worst. He had another interception in garbage time too. The Colts' defense was much better this week. It, uh, you know they looked off against the Saints in that in that game where the Saints uh, you know, just out of nowhere produced a great offensive performance. Um, but 
For me, I think the Colts are exactly what I thought the Panthers would be this year. And the Panthers, they are a mess. Uh, they, they suck. And they don't even have their first-round pick. Yeah, the defense played well. They actually played well the last couple of weeks, but the offense hasn't been great. Um, yeah, the, the two pick-sixes were the difference. And I actually thought, other than that, Bryce looked okay. But he just looks so small. He's got a terrible offensive line in front of him. Um, and, you know, I, I, I wonder what's the future of the Panthers. You know, could Frank Reich be fired? after one year, uh, you know Scott Fitzroy, the GM, he's been there for a couple of years, and and his picks haven't really turned out. This team just for me is a complete overhaul, and I feel sorry for Bryce Young. Really, I think I just I look at I look at this team, they they they're not good at all. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why they've won one game this year, um, but because they traded away uh, their pick to Chicago, they're kind of stuck. They I I just yeah they're in a really bad spot, aren't they, Andy? Yeah, and it's funny how, you know, last year, you know, Panthers had the Bears pick because of the Bears record. Now the Bears have the Panthers pick because of their record. So they both sort of having these number one overall picks, you know, without without actually being down to their record. But yeah, it's a tough one for them because they they got they got they obviously gave away a lot to get that number one overall pick to get Bryce Young. And Bryce Young for me right now is it's a bit like watching Tua in this first year or two. You know, a quarterback that had a lot of hype, both Alabama, coincidentally. Both obviously the height's been the biggest takeaway, and they just not had the protection they needed. And you know, I whilst you know I didn't see Tua becoming like he is now, I I don't see Bryce Young becoming the callback we all thought he's going to be. And I do see I do see Frank Reich if we keep it going being one and done because he's not a new head coach. He's been around. He's been the head coach for years and years and years. And it's not exactly like he came in. He came in after a bad time in Carolina. So it's not as if you can get that. You got that sort of get out of jail free card where you go right. It's your first time being a head coach. You know, it's a teething problems. And I know he's the new team and new players and all that, but this is a guy who's been in the league for years and years and years. So he knows what the league's about. And to be at one win after seven games, it's not <laughs> it's not it's not that bad a team. You've got Alan Thiel and DJ Chark, you've got I like um Trooper Hubbard and, and it's it's not a bad Miles team. Sanders, yes. all Hayden Hurst. There's some good it's not it's not completely trash. They're not nowhere near as bad as that record suggests. And he was improving. He was improving until this week. Um, so maybe there's some hope there. Um, Panthers fans probably will tell me that this, um, but I can see, especially as Frank Reich is no more as a defensive coach. We've seen how two has improved with a more offensive-minded coach, um, and I can see potentially if there's someone available they know they can get. Um, if you know, if I can't think of the guy's name, the lines if the feed's available for next year, maybe try and get him. But otherwise, yeah, and they are stuck because they haven't got basically. They can't tank because they haven't got a pick to to dash with the Canada game. They're still losing. So, Yeah, I I think with uh with them I don't know what they're gonna do, but they're they're kind they're kind of stuck. And I I can see them hitting reset button after year one, already at this point. Um, a team that has already hit the where the uh the offset button and the reset button is the Raiders, and they actually had their best offensive performance all season, <laughs> to win thirty to six over the Giants. Um, 
it was Antonio Pierce's first game as inter- interim head coach, former Giants linebacker as well, which is quite funny, getting the win over the Giants. The Raiders' defence played pretty well too, helped them to three of their four wins this year, and it, it, it you know it showed again. Uh, but the, the main storyline for this one is that Daniel Jones uh, left us in the second half with an ACL. He's out for the year, so it was a back- battle of two rookie QBs between Tommy DeVito and Aidan O'Connell. And at this point, I'm convinced the Giants are probably going to move on from Daniel Jones one year after this contract, even if they don't get a top pick, but it looks like they're probably going to get a top pick. I just, that was just such a bad decision to pay him because they they really didn't really deserve to get into the playoffs last year. They snuck in, obviously, and now, uh, yeah, they're sort of stuck because there's no way you could be paying that man the amount he is when he's got a big injury history and um, he's not really that great of a quarterback either. I have some faith in him because we saw in the playoffs that he got he got the win and I, I said it before that maybe he's Eli Manning 2.0 the fact that Eli was never a great regular season callback although a lot better than Daniel Jones has been this year or most years in the regular season but Daniel Jones came to the playoffs and he, he came up clutch for them so I think I personally wouldn't get rid of him I'd give him maybe another year or two because if the Giants can somehow get to the playoffs next year I think I can see him again having this game where he performs well but at the same time if you have the top five pick and someone like Drake may available, it's it's worth a punt. Um, but you no, know, for Raiders, I mean, I'm I've got the pleasure of watching Aiden Aiden O'Connell against uh, Zach Wilson next Sunday. Uh, paid <laughs> lot of money for that, so thank you, Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it is obviously there's not a thing about him looking exactly like Derek Carr, same number, same face, and all that. But you know, he had over two hundred yards, I think, but he didn't get a touchdown or pick, so. But I think the run game was crucial to this game. I think Josh Jacobs, he just he turned up. He's been absent all season yeah. after his massive season last year. He just turned up. Yeah, I mean, he's cost me one league. Thank you, Will Gavin, for suggesting I pick him in that in that FF in the um, live fantasy event I went to. But he's huh. brilliant. I mean, had just under hundred yards, two touchdowns, and I think Antonio Pierce will definitely lean on him. I mean, I don't know whether you've seen that Jason Bell appeared on the Nat Coombe show literally about a week ago, saying that if there's any player, ex player of his ex-teammate of his that he would want to have in a bar fight alongside him it would be Antonio Pierce and literally about a week later he he joins Raiders and I love that press conference he had and I think they're going to be a team that well they're four and five they're not out of the playoffs yet and I can see him no it's weird pounding the run game and I can see that being the way I think he's going to use Josh Jacobs because Devontae Adams doesn't want to be there you know only targeted four times so clearly they don't they sort of maybe seeing his life after him uh, I mean, the, most, the biggest yards was 52 yards with Trey Tucker from two receptions. Um, <laughs> so, and then Josh Jacobs had 26 carries. Um, so, for me, I think that's where they're going to do it. I don't think they have any, any faith in their quarterback, and I think they're going to keep using Josh Jacobs. And I think that's the way. And even someone like Zimia White, I think you could see more of a role for. He's not done much yet since joining the Raiders in the draft, but I think, you know, I think even, I think Meyer's got a rushing touchdown as well. So, the Raiders, I don't. Th- I think they'll ultimately. I think they won't make the playoffs. I think they're probably not not good enough. I think even though they got some like Max Crosby on defense, I don't think they're good enough. Um, but I think we'll see some fun stuff from them. And I think that you know we saw them a couple of years ago. Rich Versace had a really good spell, basically joined in after a lot of turmoil and got them to the playoffs. And I was <laughs> shocked they didn't go for him as the head coach. He did a good enough job. And I think maybe Mark Davis may learn from this if Antonio Pierce. First, the unthinkable and gets him into the playoffs. Only one, only one win behind the Bengals right now. If he can do the unthinkable and get him into that postseason, I think Mark Davis may learn from it and actually give him the job. But um, yeah, it should be exciting. 
run down the stretch for the Raiders with um, with Pierce. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay, we'll we'll go over to Cleveland now, where they bully the Cardinals back to Arizona. Um, the defense was back to its usual tricks. They hardly allowed a uh, rookie QB Clayton Tune into the uh, in, into into their half. Um, I actually thought Deshaun looked good, but a lot of Cleveland fans aren't happy with him still. He had a few nice throws in this one. He had a touchdown that came off a block that was went straight into Amari uh, Cooper's hands as well. Um, but uh, unfortunately for them, you know, they've, it looks like they've lost Jedrick Wills, a left tackle. Uh, he's not out for the year, but he will be out for quite a while. He's going on an IR. They've already lost uh, right tackle Jack Conklin for this year as well as Nick Chubbs. They're just who are banged up on offense. I, they're still a playoff team right now. I think they probably will sneak into the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to go much further than that. The defense has been great. I think Miles Garrett is probably favorite for defensive player of the year. Um, Arizona, they didn't look good at all, but should everything go to plan, it's been confirmed that they will have Kyler Murray back this week, and I think that's uh, that that that'll be would be key because Kyler is playing for his job. He needs to show that he is, you know, the quarterback that they dropped that a different, albeit a different organization drafted in twenty nineteen because Kyler could quite easily find himself in a different building next year, and it's not it's not really fair on him as well because he's played well, but. Yeah, he's been he's been good enough, but it's just the way that uh, especially with his injury as well, the way that it's it's swung for Arizona, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, it's good that they're getting him back, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really his biggest fan, but I think he's an up, definitely an upgrade on Clayton Tune, probably an upgrade on Josh Dobbs. I mean, look, you're looking at their schedule. I mean, they've got some tough games. They got to play the Eagles, the Niners, the Seahawks, uh, the Texans. So I think that could be that could be a real offensive shootout if Murray is back for that game. Um, they got they got teams like the Falcons and the Rams who've been very inconsistent this year. So I think that Kyler will play for his job, and I think that like we saw Daniel Jones last season, I think that could see him have a really good run down the stretch if he's actually fully back to health. But you know, I I can see it being the case where um, you know, they go out and get someone like Marvin Harrison in the draft because I think that that's what they need with Hopkins going. They haven't really got anyone really to. Um, Fall back on for the ball to I mean Rondell Moore I like, but you know, he's not Hopkins, and really there's no one else really they can they can fall upon. So I think I think they'll be if Murray's back and he plays the job, I think they'll win games. Only maybe maybe only two or three. I can see them beating the Falcons if he is back, or even the Rams. But I don't see him being a lot of those teams. So I think they're probably not tanking, but they're probably not tanking for a quarterback. So I think that's where they're going to go. Um, but I've no doubt that, you know, I've seen enough of Clayton Sheen now. He's not a guy that you're going to want to have as your starting quarterback. I don't think he's he's good enough. And I think there's a reason why he was drafted where he was this year by the Cardinals. So for me, yeah, I think they'll go with Kyler Murray. But if he if he struggles, that's where it gets interesting because they're probably not going to get them more paid because of Panthers doing so badly. But I don't... The Bears, are they going to get rid of Justin Fields? Probably, I, I don't see it personally. So... It's, it's interesting. Both teams having mm. spent first round picks on quarterbacks over the last couple of years. It is it is interesting to see what happens. I, I think last like last year probably going to see some trades, something go 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 going on, whether yeah. they trade away, whether you know Fields and Murray are trade away or not. You know, you're going to see a lot, especially in that NFC of both those teams. Like you're going to see a lot of different quarterbacks playing for teams in the NFC next year for sure. Yeah, I think it's the AFC is so loaded with quarterbacks and not really many you see changing but the NFC is such a wide open league it's just most of them if you look at the best 32 quarterbacks bottom half are probably all just in the, most of them probably are in the NFC because 
moments. I think the best few pullbacks were in the AFC. I think Mahomes going out of all in the AFC. You got Tua, you got Trevor Lawrence. Um, if on his day, Deshaun Watson, there's a lot of good pullbacks in this AFC, but there's not as many in the NFC. So I think, yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to see what it's like come week one next year. I'm really interested. Yeah. For sure. Okay, got two games left. Uh, the last game on Sunday was the one I think you're going to see. It's just horrible to watch. The Packers beating the Rams 20-3. to This game was awful. Uh, Matt Stafford missed it through a thumb injury. Um, it was sort of, they were optimistic at first, you know, day to day, but it was Brett Rippon who played. So obviously his, his, his thumb's not, not 100%. Uh, he had a bit of a weird fumble at the start. It sort of set the tone of this game and how, how fun it was. The Packers weren't great, but the Rams actually had no offence, so... They didn't really have to do much, but yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Jordan Love. Um, he didn't really impress me in this one, you know, against a Rams defense, which other than Aaron Donald isn't isn't that great. Um, but the, the big worry for the Packers here is they look. It looks like um, Kenny Clark's going to be missing some time with a shoulder injury, and he's a, a key part of their defense. But both these teams, they're sort of non-factors at the minute. They're both they're both going through big rebuilds, and uh, yeah, I think the Packers came away from this one. But yeah, it was it wasn't great to watch, was it? No, I mean, there's a definite. You do think you've had the Cardinals, so you had the Falcons against the, the Vikings, you had the Cowboys against the Eagles, you had the um, the Buccaneers, Texas game, three amazing games. Then you had Bears Saints, Raiders mm. Giants, and this one. I mean, there was there was a real sort of top of turviness. Even Cardinals Browns were twenty seven nil, a real sort of hot and coldness to the games on red zone. But um, you know. I think the Packers, I think they're they're not who we thought we were, but I think they're definitely. But that received the help of, I and mean, even tight end for that matter, there's not really a great. I mean, I am. Um, I, I think they've got some good young tight ends, but none of them really done it yet. So for me, it's he's been not great, but he's not had the best help to throw to. Um, so for me, it's I think he needs this year to learn. I think next year they need to go and get him. I mean, it's a Packers, they didn't do it as Rogers. Are oh, they can get him a receiver in the first round? Probably not. They got Christian Watson to be fair. Um, yeah, I couldn't really hear what you were saying, rather, mate, because your, your microphone's a bit covered. So it's like, oh, can, oh. Yeah. can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really hear what you were saying about the Packers. Oh, apologies. Uh, I was just saying that I didn't think the help was great in the Green Bay. Uh, I just don't think that. I think, apart from Christian Watson, I don't think they've got many great help. I mean, you've got Jaron Reed and Dobbs. I think they're okay, but they're not elite receivers. And I think tight end room has got a lot of good young tight ends, but none of them have really shown it yet. And um, I don't think Matt LaFleur is, has been good really without Rogers and Adams yet. I think there's definitely Matt LaFleur. He's, he's on 
he's on full watch for me. I, I yeah. honestly, if, if it was me right now, I think he's doing a horrible job calling plays yeah. and everything. I think, yeah, he's not put, he's not put love in the best situation. But for me, I don't nothing pops. Off, you know, the eye test. He doesn't pass the eye test in my opinion. So yeah. I'm yeah. saying that I, I think that yeah, I think certainly yeah, I think there's definitely a, a case to be made that was is Rogers did Rogers potentially carry the floor and Adams because you know they had a good his first three four years was amazing when he got to NFC Championship games in two out of the three years I believe it was you know he had a good start to life but Rodney Adams goes then you start then you start seeing a decline and you know Rogers still had what the eighth or top ten for yards and touchdowns in the league he was still have had his worst season for anyone who's any of the seasons that he's had. Yeah, I think with uh, with 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 them, it's certainly been a uh, uh, yeah. I I I just don't I don't get what they've done. Organ organizationally, I just don't I don't get what they've done. For to be honest, yeah, I, I like Rogers. Like, it's the the way they've lost Rogers and Adams over over this 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 time has uh and the, what they the product they have now and they've not really got much back for it either. I they're they're, they're sort of in a bit of a mess where they've. They've got a bit of pat cap room, but that's it. And th- th- I can't see him, you know, being a contender for for a long time. If I'm being honest, right now. No, same. I'm the same yeah. as you. Right. Okay. We'll finish with Monday Night Football, uh, where the Chargers' defense stepped up to give them the win over the Jets. Uh, two awesome defensive displays. They have hardly any offensive football played because it, it both defenses were just you know just punt, punt, punt. Uh, but Austin Eckler uh, was a difference here. Uh, you know, Herbert didn't really have to do much, um, and he did struggle against the Jets' defense. Only 136 yards in the air, but it was the Jets. The fact that Jets' offense was so poor in this game was what gave the Chargers the win. If I'm being honest, as well as the Chargers' defense doing very well, I thought, um, and they have done quite well recently as well. Um, but the main headline for me from this game is the fact that Aaron Rodgers said he'd be back in a few weeks to Doe and James after the game. So we'll see if that actually is the case or not. Uh, but it would certainly be interesting, wouldn't it? Because they are so, they're still alive in the uh, in in the uh, in the AFC. Certainly, AFC East being at four and four, um, and they they beat Buffalo as well. So they've got the tiebreaker over Buffalo. Could Aaron Rodgers come back and and get the Jets into the playoffs? I, I mean, I'm I'm praying. I'm having sleep this night over this. I if, if he's back, I mean. There's also the talk about, you know, is he going to come back and be the same quarterback? There's always that thing that, you know, is, is he going to come back and be the same guy? We, we don't know. So that's the one thing. But if they beat the Raiders, which is a possibility on Sunday Night Football next week, which, you know, I'll be I'll be cheering on the Raiders that day for sure. Um, I, I There'll be only one win behind the Dolphins where they'll done a bye week. And, you know, it's Bills. Uh, they're playing the Broncos. They might win that. But, you know, the Bills have got that tough schedule we mentioned earlier. So the Jets worry me. And I think that, if they can make the playoffs, if they can sneak in, and even Rogers is half off, he'll get better and better, healthy and healthy each week. And um, that's, that's my worry because they were my pick to win a Super Bowl before the year started. Because you look at that team, you know, you've got Brees Hall, you've got Gary Wilson, and that defense alone, all the missing so is a good quarterback. And Zach Wilson, we've seen enough on now. He's, he's not the guy, he's not good enough, he's not good enough to start a quarterback. So for me, it's that thing of if they can sneak in. You know, we've got that Black Monday, Black Black Friday game against them in a few weeks, and if he's back for that, like the Undertaker, it's going to be horrible. 
And I think that team, if he's back, if he's back to even last like a couple of years ago, if he's back to half his best, he played well last year. That, yeah. Even last year, his down year was still a career year for most quarterbacks. Like, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's and that's what that's what Green Bay failed to understand. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, 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 that's the thing. And I said, I said before that he was top ten for yards and touchdowns. I think he was eight for one and eleven for the other in the league. He had more yards than Tom Brady, more yards than Justin Herbert, I believe. Um, you know, and he had more yards. And, I know he got concussions, but more yards than two and more touchdowns. So, and he's an MVP candidate. So. Yeah, it was as bad as everyone thought. It, just, it was just bad compared to his normal. It was yeah. as bad as people as, as people thought. Coming off two MVPs, that's the thing. You came over to two two MVPs to that, but that but again, like that's still a top. He's still a top ten QB last year. So it's like, so if you get that that with yeah. that defense got and how good they've been in games, it's it's a huge worry. And I think that if you if you're watching this podcast right now or listening to it, and you're getting up on. Any sort of betting website, and you got a Super Bowl prediction. Bet the Jets now. Now's time to do it. When he's not playing, now's time to do it. Bet on them now. Put a ten on it. Put a five on it. So I think if he's back and he's actually actually is healthy, like he's saying he is, which defies all modern medicine. Um, yeah. You know that. They watch out for them. That's what I'm saying. Not only for the division, but I think they could even win the AFC. Imagine. Imagine. Right, Andy, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been great to have you on. A few technical issues there, but uh, I'm sure it was, it was fine. But yeah, cheers yeah. for coming on, man. And we'll, we'll have you on, on again. Oh, pleasure being on as always, mate. Apologies for the sound issues. And if I yeah. sound a bit foggy or, you know, I'm not always sounding myself right now in terms of this illness I've had, but hopefully it was still good enough. And yeah, enjoyed being on. I'm looking forward to being on again. Awesome. Uh, we'll see you next time for our week 10 preview. God, week 10 already. I don't, I don't know. It's gone so fast, hasn't it? That's, that's terrific. Yeah.